Hey everyone, it's Lisa Clapper and this is The Yay Show. I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving on this Wednesday before 11-27-19. And I'm going to come back to you in a moment, but I wanted to uh, do something a little different. I was listening to, uh, I was listening to On Being and I chose an invitation to Brave Space. Invitation to Brave Space, episode number 772 with Reverend Jennifer Bailey and Lennon Flowers. And I wanted to play there. I was sitting, standing, being, and listening to it. And before I play it, I wanted to note that one thing I noticed that when I I get to have relationship with other people and convene and and get together. And also to do that in person makes a huge difference in my life. And also when I get to do it via a book or a podcast or some other way, and we all have our ways of inspiration, inspiration, where it comes from. and this sort of holding hands of strangers and neighbors and having these moments of connection, like with Arelli, who I see many days at Tartine Manufactory. And I went there and they were all out of country bread, all out of loaves, no surprise there, all out of loaves. And because, hey, here's an idea. Apparently a month and a half before Thanksgiving, if you want a massive, awesome tartine country loaf, country bread, you might want to pre-order that. Well, that didn't occur to me. Same reason it doesn't occur to me to make reservations for things in other countries before I go to them. But you know, I will, uh, I will and I do experience what there is to experience in those places, in those moments. And, but Aureli, she said, come back tomorrow morning early and you should be able to get one. And she said that she would hold one for me. What time did I want to come? And I said, I wanted to come, I don't know, at 8.30. And she's so sweet. I see her all the time and she's just lovely. And that was a moment and I came back this morning. And in fact, there were many breads, enough breads for all of us. And enough giant pumpkin pies, which I did not buy. So that was a moment of connection. And even, um, I don't know, it's so interesting. I feel like if I'm not being inspired, not only by um, by other people and myself and by, by creating whatever it is I create, like words, poems, narratives, yay festos, talking out loud here on the show. Um, bringing space, bringing connection, getting to connect when other people bring it. And, and sometimes I feel um, strangely like I want more of that. And I don't know if that's strange, but I think it's a sort of thing of getting some of it and then having and then going back 
home when it's this holiday where I'm not with my family and that's okay, but I have this idea of these giant celebrations and it's sort of a comparative thing. And I was listening to Sharon's talk, Sharon Salzberg about not comparing ourselves to others. And she was telling a story about a woman who is a great swimmer, an older woman, and she swims all the time. And she, she was, there were some young people who were going really fast and she was starting to get, feel like she wanted to catch up with them, which she never would. And she came back to the feeling of putting her palm through the water and, and becoming one with that. Then she also then was like, well, I'm not going fast enough. So anyway, she found her way back to it. But I was thinking I saw other people's parents and I was thinking like, I actually missed mine. I do miss my parents. And for all the imperfect nature of what that holiday would look like, because it wouldn't look like it did when I was a kid because we wouldn't all be together. It still is one of those times when you long for family beyond the family that I've created with my dear husband. So it's just a note to say that um, I will, as, as Tom and I always talk about, it doesn't have to be on these days that we get together with the people that matter most to us. And we do it all the time. I think um, one of the things I was feeling as I'm talking out loud, and I will get back to playing you that Brave Space poem in a moment, but I figured I'd just start talking first. <laughs> That's how it goes, right? So the cool thing is I was inspired to talk by people talking. And I think that um, one of the things that Lennon and Jennifer said, I think it was Lennon, that, that we're outsourcing our humanity to experts. Wow, right? That's weird. I don't want to do that. I was watching the preview for the new movie with um, Bikram. I think it says like Yogi Guru Predator, right? And I was thinking about how so many people, I mean, it seems super cult-like, right? And it, I think I haven't watched it yet because you know, I don't really feel like watching that right now. And how so many people have become caught under this so-called uh, charismatic leader in, in religion and other sorts of cult-like experiences and how heartbreaking, devastating that is to think that you're going to find that salvation in another human or to think that there are humans that, you know, are wired in such a narcissistic, dare I say sociopathic way that they think that that is what they're offering to people. And there might be some good, you know, when you might learn a lot from them, you might learn a lot about yourself, you might learn a lot about how not to be. And that's a lot of stuff that I've learned through the years in my own massively flawed, imperfect way. I learned something from Tyra Banks, um, who uses the word flossum. And we did a brilliant campaign for, for her. But I also learned that, um, that you can look in someone eye, someone's eyes and feel really seen, but that if they don't value you by paying you what 
you might be worth, it might not feel as good to work on it, you know? So if you're a celebrity, you might want to consider that. You might want to consider that, how just because people think they might work for you for free or feel caught up in your wave of awesome, your wave of projected awesome, it doesn't, and I mean, Tyra Banks has a lot of substance, man, to her style. That was my experience with her. I was really, really, I felt um, really seen in her presence, the way she listened and looked when we were presenting to her and talking to her. And I did, and I feel that that was real. But what Tyra did is she outsourced, she outsourced her project to people who were not educated and also weren't aware of their own imperfection and we were willing to do it and you know there's a lot of reasons we were willing to do it one is because it was her and we thought it'd be good for our portfolio and two it was her and three it was her and it was a really cool opportunity to talk about beauty in a different way and so we did that but I think that we we let ourselves down and we ultimately resigned from the account before we were done because of the sheer inequity of that experience. Um, and I think it could have been done in a different way. You know, I, if I was starting today, I would approach it differently. But I can only approach it as who I am today. I don't really know what makes me think of that, but I was, I was like I said, I was um, seeing the Bikram thing come by and it's frightening. And I, so don't outsource our humanity to experts. And the other thing um, that this is not some... magical, profound Thanksgiving episode. I really didn't even know if I was going to talk today about it, but I think... Um, I just had some stuff I wanted to note, to say, of note, and I also wanted to share what Lennon and Jennifer were talking about with Krista Tippett. And I also, personally, would like to create more community and space, and, and also receive more community and space over meals and in other ways. And I think that we do, but I think sometimes I feel like um, there's, it's imperfect and maybe that's the thing. And maybe if I read to you what, or I let you hear what they were saying and then I comment on it with some of my own dinners, it'll make more sense. But I think um, we're all just trying to find our way. So let me play what they said and I'll come back to you in a moment. The full, this invitation to the bread upon which our friendships and our lives are built. And it is space in which to be and hold all of it. I want to close. I want to ask you all to read the full, this invitation to brave space, this poem that is so central. You just read the first few lines. And um, we had a printer crisis at the place I'm staying just before I came over. So I was unable to print this out, but luckily I have this beautiful invention. The That's iPhone. Krista Tippett, y'all. So um, why don't I give it to you 
Lennon, and you just read the first half and then pass it to your friend. An Invitation to Brave Space by Mickey Scott Bay Jones. Together, we will create brave space because there is no such thing as a safe space. We exist in the real world. We all carry scars and we have all caused wounds. In this space, we seek to turn down the volume of the outside world. We amplify voices that fight to be heard elsewhere. We call each other to more truth and love. We have the right to start somewhere and continue to grow. We have the responsibility to examine what we think we know. We will not be perfect. This space will not be perfect. It will not always be what we wish it to be, but it will be our brave space together and we will work on it side by side. Thank you, Reverend Jen Bailey Thank and Lennon Flowers. Yeah, so that was really amazing for me. And I think it's, it's. I listened to another, I don't remember if it was on being, it probably, no, it was uh, Hurry Slowly. Lisa Clapper's trifecta of podcasts that I've been listening to lately. And the cool thing about coming back to On Being is that it reminds me of how amazing it is to come back to On Being. Uh, but I've been listening to Hurry Slowly by Jocelyn K. Bly and 10% Happier with Dan Harris and coming back to On Being. And I also listened to The Happiness Project recently. And again, this is not meant to be a litany of my own <laughs> podcast liking, but it is about this idea of coming back together with each other. So in a dinner that we <laughs> impromptuly had on Saturday up in Forestville, um, we were thinking about having some pizza because we have this outdoor pizza oven that we made and it, uh, it is Anyway, we're gonna do that. And then Barb said that, that she'd gotten six crabs and I think it was the opening day of crab season. And they wanted to come, we wanted to sort of see if we can uh, unite our crab and our pizza event. And indeed we did, and they were amazing. And Matt's recipe and then John and Mary were there as well. And I think what's cool is it was very imperfect. And in fact, it's interesting to have Tom be like the, the uh, pizza oven master. He created the best fire yet. And I think the dough that I created was the best dough yet in our, in the infancy of our pizza oven. And I think one of the things that um, I didn't receive that I was craving and it's sort of hard to figure out was, was one of the things about the pizza party and one of the things that makes it fun is when everybody sort of puts the ingredients on or everybody chooses a pizza that they make. And, and the crowd wasn't really interested in doing that. There were only six of us, right? But um, I think the best pizza was the last one where we 
we in fact, it, it actually had a point of view. And this is gonna sound crazy, right? But that was the best pizza. But I think um, even though we have this nine foot island in our kitchen, it I don't think we figured out how to get people to get involved and help unless we've known them for a long while and it just sort of works that way. And I think, um, you know, it sort of works well with people that we've developed relationship and trust with over time. And I'd like to have some of those brave space types of dinners with people. And this wasn't necessarily one of them, but it had brave moments. It had moments of sharing. And I think it's interesting how you react to things. And, and I loved hearing the stories about, you know, about Mary and John, like being out on the Nepali coast and in kayaking way out of their element and, and the coolness of that. And I loved hearing just about different ways that people grew up and, you know, whether or not they were good. I don't think like good, you know, what did, what did uh, Glennon and Elizabeth Gilbert say? Like now that, you know, we don't have to be great. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be good. Why don't we just be free? And so I enjoyed the freedom that to hear about somebody's youth. And, and I feel like I, could hear that without judgment. And I don't know that everyone can. And I think that was cool. And I encourage y'all to listen to something from many years ago without judgment, if you can, a story or two. And this is rambling somewhere. I don't know where to tell you to ramble with it. Um, it's, I like that, um, this idea of what they talked about Lenin and Jennifer is to not obscure the platitudes and empty words and to know that laughter, vitality, and joy are the bread upon which our friendships are built. And that we, we can have space in which to be and hold all of it. And some of that is late night bottles of wine on front porches shared. And so even if in the moments of that, it didn't have a completeness, a fullness, and maybe that's the point, and it was everything that imperfect gatherings are. Um, I think that what I liked about a lot of what they were saying is this, we have the right to start somewhere and continue to grow. And we have the responsibility to examine what we think we know, and we will not be perfect. And those three things that I wrote down before I listened to the full poem at the end, the idea to be teachable, moldable, and willing to engage each other and be wrong. And willing to engage each other and be wrong. You know, I think that's super cool and interesting. And I think it's about setting up that brave space in such a way. And I think that the saying of it out loud engenders it, engenders that kind of experience. And I think sometimes when you don't say it out loud, it doesn't happen. So I think um, between the intentional gatherings conversation and this other podcast I just heard, as well as my friend Sherry,
Lee Hoffman Erlinson posting something about this thing she went to in Santa Monica about um, making some commitments from a an individual a I want to look it up for you an individual individual well-being community well-being and civic well-being and those sort of layers and circles that radiate out and that together if we make commitments and all of those they will help with the well-being of environment and planet so some of the things that I've been talking about doing that I haven't yet done are starting a little coffee like a street coffee get together for I know some of the people work from home and I haven't done it and I think that it comes back to it's me that needs to do this it's me I need to do it it's not gonna happen if I don't do it and we're entering the rainy season here in San Francisco and that means I'm not gonna be hanging out on my stoop to see people randomly walking by as much so I need to kind of reach across I need to create a bridge there where many stones and steps already exist um, the other thing so I will do that that's an invitation to brave space maybe I can figure out some things about that I liked another thing that they talked about which is that we um, we don't have to understand everything about each other in order to be present with one another. You don't have to understand everything about each other. And that brings me back to something I'm always trying to understand, which is understanding and trying to understand people. And I'm constantly asking questions and that's part of what I do to understand for work and for life. But. Um, at this moment in a retreat I was in a couple of weeks ago where what came out was that I didn't always need to understand why. Maybe I could just let why reveal itself to me along the way. And that's really a really cool aha moment to do that. And so I want to be able to accompany rather than, how did she describe it? To accompany each other rather than try to walk in somebody else's shoes because we've all been walking in our shoes our own individual shoes for a long ass time even if we've only just been born there are shoes and what what they were saying is you can't what what lennon i think it was lennon or jennifer were saying was saying this um we haven't lived a lifetime in someone's shoes but we can witness and accompany them on the walk through we can get to and through. And we can dance our revolution and sing and play and cook and eat and enjoy it. And we can miss a part of our lives where we got to eat stuffing and turnips that Aunt Helen made and Whitestone Queens and we went across bridges and crazy traffic and where we got always got sandwiches on fresh rye bread with turkey and stuffing and butter and we can appreciate those moments and not have to relive them because they don't exist the way they exist now in this 
particular configuration, although they will always exist. Because I'm also reading a book where time shifts and lifetime shifts call recursion, which is um, it's pretty crazy, which my mom recommended, which I did because it's out of genre. It's like, uh, it's, it's a little, what do you call it? Sci-fi dystopian type of thing. And it's not the kind of thing we always recommend to each other. And so I'm almost done with that and I'm delaying the end of it, even as I am in the middle of living this particular life in this moment. So, hey y'all, happy Thanksgiving. I am so grateful for the version of my life I'm living right now and for not outsourcing my humanity and remembering it when I hear other people talk about ways to reclaim our humanity. And I am reclaiming my humanity when I do this, when I reach out to you through the airwaves of life, in real life, and when I get to see people I haven't seen in a while or I get to talk to them, and when I know that they're there, and when I can accompany someone and when they can accompany me. Um, as Don Dobros said, which has literally nothing to do with what I'm saying right now, but it's on the page accompanying it. Speaking of accompaniment, she talked about um, our detours make us who we are. Our detours make us who we are. So, hey, this is a detour and this is who I am. And one of the other things I was having a little trouble with, which was how quiet this week is here and how I didn't expect everything to disappear and everyone to disappear. And I've, I'm learning from John and Mary that a lot of schools take the full week off now because parents used to take them out, kids out of school and that schools are compensated based on attendance. So in, rather than give that up, public schools in Sonoma County, um, they are closing for the whole week. So it's great for them to have this whole week together. And I got to see them on the, the evening of the beginning of their whole week together, which was only three days ago. Seems nuts. Um, so here I am in the middle of another detour, finding a pathway to yay. And I just wanted to share that. And I just wanted to share the impetus, the spark, of girls talking to each other and inspiring me. Girls who run the new kind of world. Girls who run this world. Girls who are actually doing work in the world we live in. And helping me build friendships upon bread that I dried out and toasted. That I began my day a hi from Morelli and a thank you for saving me bread even if it didn't need to be saved after all so listen enjoy your Thanksgiving as imperfect as it probably will be and yeah be in that as much as you can take a moment within it to see and know what it is that you're feeling even if it's messy and sad or joyful and 
resplendent. I will too, and I'll talk with you soon. I'll yay at you, well, you know, somewhere in this new moon. And I look forward to the new beginnings that begin with each breath and each half a breath. It's another chance to begin again, right now. Namaste.